right. Hey, guys. Welcome. Um, you made it through Thanksgiving. Um, no, I'm good. I'll leave it on there. Um, uh, my name is John. I'm the director of... Uh, yeah, you can, you can dress me back here. Easy. All right. Um, uh, so uh, my name is John. I'm the director of marriage ministry. This is my wife of uh, 20 years, uh, Pam. And so uh, Susan asked us tonight um, if we would talk about this topic. And it's a topic that uh, has been incredibly helpful uh, to us. I would say probably year seven, eight uh, is when we started thinking about this, talking about this. And it really was a, it was a real game changer uh, for us. And so I think so much of the kind of married life is just being Christian. It really is. Uh, and there's just a few things that you need to know in terms of skill-wise um, that will be helpful. And this is one of those. And especially kind of going into the holidays. And so when we get derailed, uh, when things get a little wonky for us um, in our marriage during the holidays, this is generally uh, how it happens. And the whole topic that we're going to talk about, the topic we're going to talk about tonight is expectations. Okay, so that's in your, it's in your um, notebook a little bit later, but tonight I want to talk about that, both, both just in all of marriage, uh, but then specifically thinking about moving into the holidays, and we'll kind of close uh, with that. But expectations really simply are just kind of the beliefs or the attitudes or the ideas you have about the way things will or should be. Uh, so you, ha- you had those when you walked in here, you had a kind of an expectation about the way things would, uh, would be in here, the way the music would be, the, the temperature, right? Generally, it's cold. And so if it's not, you're like, hey, man, I'm not freezing to death in here. Uh, you have expectations about everything, and especially you have them about your marriage and about your spouse and situationally uh, what it looks like to be together. Yeah, and you'd probably all agree if we were honest that perhaps some of the biggest cause of conflict in your marriage can be attributed to unmet expectations. But then conversely, just some of the biggest wins probably as a couple that you've had, I know that we've had, is just working through those unmet expectations and coming together and be on the same page and just understand each other. Yeah. So what happens with expectations when, they, um, when they're not met, a lot of times it, it, this is kind of the progression. So uh, I had an expectation of my wife or of a situation, something like that. Uh, it wasn't met. And so I'm a little, I get a little sad, right? Um, and, then, uh, and then from there, I might be kind of disappointed. I might be frustrated, and then it'll move to anger. And this happens, this can kind of happen in, you know, a uh, 15-minute span, and it definitely happens over seasons. And so, you know, classically, couples will get married, and uh, they wake up, you know, one morning, and they look at their spouse, and they're like, oh, no. Like, what have I done? This is not what I expected. Uh, I'm sad about that, but I bet you they'll change. I bet you I can change them, right? And then about seven years into it, they're like, I'm sunk. They're, they're not changing. And now, now we're angry, and now we're reengaged, kind of trying to work this thing uh, out. It's pretty, pretty classically uh, what happens about the seven, eight-year mark, right? There's some... Part of what's going on there is a resetting of expectations. We had some unrealistic expectations. We had some, some things we didn't talk about beforehand. Uh, and now we're really, really frustrated. So scripture says in uh, Proverbs thirteen twelve that a hope deferred uh, makes a heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And so when you, when you have your expectations unmet, man, it, there's just something that's unsettling. It's like a sickness uh, to our soul, and conversely, when when your expectations are met, it's what it's the way you thought, the way, and even more so, the way you hoped it would be. It just life can be good, and so this isn't about how to optimize your life and have a happier, healthy you, uh, but this is about kind of walking through expectations and dealing with them um, in your marriage. And so the first thing to kind of start this conversation with is just realizing where expectations come from. 
Okay? And so a big one for all of us and a big one for us was just kind of family of origin. Right? We watched our parents or we didn't uh, be married well or poorly or whatever it was. And we brought that in unknowingly to, uh, to kind of our marriage. And so I mean, all kinds of stuff. Like I remember making the bed the very first time uh, with Pam. And she goes to the opposite corner uh, of me. And I was like, what, what are you doing? Like, we're, we're making the bed. Get, come down here. And she goes, oh, no, no. You know, we, 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 uh, we make it opposite corners. That's how we put the, that first fitted sheet down there. I was like, well, that's, that's the wrong way to do it. You know, come over, come over here. And, uh, well, no, you get a tighter fit if you're opposite. So we still haven't got that one worked out. Okay. Uh, how do we do it now? I don't even know how we do it. It just gets on there. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Just, uh, yeah. You're so tired at the end of the day with yes. little kids, you just want to hop in bed. Um, but I remember the first time going, that's the wrong way to do it, right? And she thought the same way. Um, one time early on in our marriage, <clears throat> um, I was coming, kept coming down the hallway. And over time, these boxes were, were kind of stacking up in our, in our hallway. And, you know, I, I just didn't, the first one didn't bug me, the second one didn't bug me. And I remember like the third or fourth box going, babe, like, what is the deal? Like, we don't put boxes in the hallway. Like, where, where do these things go? And she goes, they go in the attic. And I was like, okay. And she goes, well, someone said, uh, and you know where this is going? And she goes, well, I was just waiting for you to put them in the attic. And I said, what do you? What do you mean? She said, well, that's, that's your job, right? That's what, uh, that's what the man does is put stuff uh, in the attic. And so it turns out in her house that if you, like uh, Pam's house that she grew up in uh, had this freakishly long um, set of kind of collapsible stairs to go up in the attic. And the hole was inordinately small. So you kind of had to be a bit of a contortionist uh, to get in and out uh, of that thing. So if you wanted something uh, in the attic... Then uh, you set it down there, and her dad would just like, doo, 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 you know, run it up like elves in the middle of the night, and it would it'd magically go up. And if you wanted something down, you just ask, uh, ask her dad, and she'd go and get it for you. Well, my my family, uh, if you want something, you go up there and you get it yourself. And when you're done, you better stink and put it back, you know. Or there was there was uh, going to be a conversation, and so man, we just laughed, you know, and just. Uh, about how it wasn't right or wrong. We just had a family of origin expectation uh, about that, you know. So now I'd say, by and large, I'm the I'm the attic guy, you know, by, and needs to go in, or the boys. I mean, I've got teenagers, and so I can drink coffee and tell them to take the stuff uh, upstairs. Um, but it shows up a lot, uh, family of origin, the way mom and dad relate to each other, the way they spend time with the kids, the way they spend money, all those kind of things. Even if we think we're past that and we, we're our own people, family of origin still will be one of the things, I think, that, that kind of uh, gives us the expectations that we have. Yeah, and then other, um, other um, avenues that expectations come from, as you can imagine, just your friends and just watching friends um, and just the way they relate to each other. Watching even couples here at church just thinking, okay, um, I expect my husband to be Todd Wagner, our pastor here, or I expect you know my wife to be to be this. And so, just having this expectation from people you see here at church, social media is huge. You, I mean, just watching what people only put. Well, you know this: put their best pictures on Facebook, all totally. their best ideas. And if we don't meet that, then somehow we are less than. And so, just that social media. Um, yeah. Can I jump in? I, yeah. I was thinking about this the other day. It used to be like our parents that it was only like um, movie stars that had. They would go to a photo shoot, right? And someone would take a hundred photos, and then or two hundred, and they would touch them up, and then that's what would get 
pushed out. That was the only people that did that. Now everybody does that, right? Every Christmas card, it's, it's, the, it's the most perfect of the 500 pictures that were taken, and everybody's touched up and smiling and happy. And you see that on social media, and you go, that what it, that's what it must be like to be you know, the McGee's or the Wagner's or whoever, right? Um, and we just put, we kind of begin to project what we think is going on based on some selective uh, snapshots, right? And like Pam said, we only put our best stuff. Like on Saturday morning, you watch the the kids, uh, the parents with small kids, right? No one says, yeah, my kid, he blew it at the end, took a last second shot and airballed it, right? No one says that. Um, And, you know, little Johnny, you know, put up 20 today and got, you know, MVP. And and we don't, we only project what we want people to think and we string that all together and it can be pretty catastrophic uh, for us and we think that our lives are very mundane or our lives are less than or that we're not married the way uh, they are and they, they got one shot out of 200 uh, in a lot of different ways and I think I think that affects us more uh, more than we think yeah yeah, yeah. So we want to talk to you all, and these are real practical. If you, have, if you have a way to take notes, these are going to be really easy, just three key problems when it comes to expectations. Um, and so the first one is that we can be unaware of our expectations. So we don't even realize we had one. So if you find, when I find myself getting frustrated, most of the time I can trace it back to an expectation that I had that I didn't even realize I had. I was unaware that there was an expectation there, and I'm mad or frustrated because it wasn't met. Yeah, yeah, like I don't know where you're, you're hacked off about something and uh, didn't, didn't even know you, you had an expectation or a hope on something uh, until it wasn't met. The second thing is that our expectations can be unreasonable. And it might be that we know them, but they are, they are just not reasonable or realistic, right? And so generally, guys coming into marriage, they think, you know, marriage is going to be one long sexual experience and gals think it's going to be one long conversation, right? And so, uh, and that's kind of what they're hoping and projecting. And then, uh, you know, then she's tired and doesn't want to have sex. And he says, huh, what, huh? And he's watching TV, you know, and that wasn't at all, wasn't at all what they expected. And, and sometimes, um, just the, the expectations around those two topics specifically can just be pretty unrealistic. There's there things that no one does uh, or very few, and we just think that is, uh, that's what the way things should be, right? And so we just have to be real. I think one of the questions we have to ask is, are these things um, you know, reasonable? And so will my spouse always make me happy? Will they make me um, you know, feel amazing? Will they always have the spiritual like, right answer? And, uh, and I'll watch women in this church go, you know, I wish... I wish you were more like, they'll say, I wish you were more like Todd Wagner, you know, and uh, our senior pastor. And he tells a story about like, um, he tells a story about like having a devotional in front of the fireplace with his kids, you know. And, um, and I think he's like, you know, we, we brewed, brewed up some hot chocolate and we had this great, you know, we opened the Bible and all those kind of things. And she said, she's saying this about him. Why won't you do that? Why can't you get all the kids around the fireplace and get hot chocolate, you know, and open up the Bible? And I was like, did Todd say that? Yes. Did that kind of happen? Yes. And at the time, his kids were little, and I knew, I knew his kids. And I was like, two of them, were, I guarantee, were fighting over there in the corner. You know, One wasn't paying attention. But they thought that their senior pastor just had complete you know, mastery of his home and, and was teaching them like the word of God. And they were just sitting down there, you know, just like, oh, you know, <laughs> thank you. And, and she wanted that of her husband. And I was like, that's just not realistic. 
It's not realistic. And so we've got to ask, you know, are, are our expectations reasonable? Are they realistic? Um, anything else on that one? Yep. And so um, just the last one of those three, um, just that often our expectations are unspoken. And so maybe we're aware of them, um, but we just assume that our spouse can read our minds. Um, we just don't say it. And so we both look at each other and we think we know what each other's thinking about our plans for the weekend. And then when they're drastically different, um, there's frustration there. Um, you know, and we oftentimes, we love each other the way we want to be loved. And so we think, hey, I'm going to love John this way, maybe serve him and expect that he um, knows exactly how to love and serve me. And so um, they're unspoken sometimes. Um, and that can be um, just a diff- difficult source of conflict. That's great. So let's talk about kind of the better way. If that's what it looks like on the negative, mm-hmm. um, just you can just turn all of those on their head and uh, and kind of realize what that would look like in the positive. Yeah. yeah. So the first one is just being aware of what you expect. So the next time you're frustrated, just step back and go, "Hey, this is an expectation. What was I expecting?" Um, just. I need to be aware of what I was expecting. So then we can go into this and try to understand each other and work through the conflict. Or it may just be completely on me. Like, okay, I'm aware. Now I know maybe that was unreasonable. Or I don't even need that expectation. That's kind of silly. And so just being aware of what you expect. Yeah. So the second one that Pam mentioned was just, is, is it reasonable? Is this thing that I wanted, is it even reasonable? Can anybody who is a human being... <laughs> do these things, right? And have I built up something that's so, um, so grandiose that no one could do them or that my spouse couldn't do them or that's just not fair uh, to put on them? Is this expectation even reasonable? Yeah, and then the last one, just to be clear, so to speak it, to be clear about what you expect. Obviously, the first two come first. I mean, it needs to be a reasonable, but once you think through, okay, this is a reasonable expectation, now I want to humbly be clear, hey, babe, these, these are my expectations. Um, and then with that comes a flexibility, like this is what I'm expecting, but hey, I want to hear what you're expecting. If they're different, then see the chapter on conflict resolution and communication. Then you can talk through that. Um, but just to clearly kind of speak your expectations. Yeah. So it was kind of like Groundhog Day for us. Every weekend, um, you know, we weren't, we were both kind of heads down working, and we both would get to Saturday morning and we'd be agitated with each other. And it wasn't that either one of us had a bad, a bad plan. It wasn't that either one of us uh, had unreasonable plans. We just hadn't talked about it. And so for us, we, there was a season where about like Wednesday, we had to start talking about Saturday just so we were on the same page. Right? There was no animosity. There was no ill will. In fact, just the opposite. But we weren't talking about it, and our expectations weren't aligned. And then we would find ourselves frustrated uh, Saturday morning because we both and, – and actually, the crazy thing, like, we were both trying to love and care for each other and care for our families. We just hadn't said anything. Um, and so for us, just that simple thing of, hey, what are you thinking about this weekend or what's on the calendar or what would, what would bless you uh, was just huge, huge for us. Um, and, and so many other, you know, kind of um, going to uh, social settings or, you know, we've got a free night on our calendar, right? What, so what's, what, <laughs> ask this question when, when it comes up in your house, like, what do we have on the calendar tonight? Nothing, right? Both of you will fill in the gaps on what you're hoping that happens very, very differently. And if you don't talk about them, uh, you'll come off a lot of times in a, in a really bad, a bad place. But if you'll be aware, if, you, if they're reasonable and you speak them, then all of those situations uh, can be wins. Okay? So what we wanted to talk about just for a few minutes is just kind of moving into the holidays, moving into Christmas. How does all that play in? How can you, um, you know, have a plan? How can you uh, have, make sure that your expectations are aligned, have good conversations moving in so that um, you know, when we see each other after Christmas in January, 
uh, we go, that by and large was a blessing uh, rather than, you know, an absolute beating. And, um, and you know, I, 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 loathe, I loathe holidays. So how, how do you get to that place where uh, it would be a win uh, for you? So. Yeah, we're just going to give you guys seven kind of simple things just as we thought through what's been helpful for us and hopefully will be for you guys. And the first one is just keep it simple. Um, And so um, women, but maybe guys too, this may apply to you. Early on, I would find out all these great tradition ideas and we'd try to integrate all these and, you know, by about two or three Christmases in with kids, John was so fed up with the five advent calendars and the three or four crafts and just all the family <laughs> devotionals we had to have. And so just pulling it back and saying, hey, just pick one or two things. Just if you have little kids, just pick one, one thing, one or two things to go to. Um, you know, just find um, just a few traditions. You know, there's a great um, chart. When we went to a grief share deal for surviving the holidays, and, they, and this could apply to us too, just this little chart that has all the traditions you have. And just go through and say, okay, this one I can do, this one you know, I need some help. This one I just can't do. I think we could apply all that. Okay, there's 20 things I do. Hey, what are, what are some things I could take off my plate? What are some things I could say no to that just make it a little more simple? And so we would just say, keep it simple. Yeah, right. So Pam, I remember Pam uh, picked up a book. It was about like holiday traditions and things like that. And I said, please, please, please don't read that. that. Please, please put it back. <laughs> I'm exhausted already, you know. And, uh, and so we've had to, we've had to yeah. simplify uh, in some ways. And, this would be unreasonable expectations. Yeah, yeah, and then there's been, but the, the upside of that is Pam has, I think, pushed us to, to maximize uh, those times. And so there's been really good to kind of align uh, those expectations, okay? So that's the first one. And so we're going to give you uh, then six things I think you need to plan for. Okay, that you need to be thinking about, that you need to kind of have conversations about, or you need to uh, not just show up um, and just see how, see how these things roll out. And so the first one is, how do you have spiritual conversations? What's your plan for spiritual conversations through the holidays? Because if you don't have one, what will happen is that you will show up um, kind of tired, bitter, and broke on Christmas morning and, um, and just kind of ready to get this whole thing uh, over. And instead, it could be a really great buildup um, spiritually to uh, the birth of Christ, which is why Christians celebrate Christmas. And we give gifts because God gave us his ultimate, the, the most precious thing he had, the most precious thing anyone has uh, are their children. And he gave that to us to be broken. And so that's why we celebrate Christmas. Sometimes we forget. And so there's lots of things you can do, uh, Advent calendars uh, or kind of Advent devotionals. Um, ones we did with the kids when they were little is called Jotham's Journey. And there's like, I think there's four books in that series, and it kind of leads up through, uh, you know, kind of Advent. Um, one we're, we'll use uh, this year, um, it's called Waiting, Waiting Here for You. Um, and so it's just a kind of one pager. And, and we, don't, we don't hit 25 for 25. Like, There'll be some days that we, uh, we miss, and sometimes we go back, and sometimes uh, we don't. But if you just Google just kind of Advent devotionals, things like that, um, then that, that'll give you something to rally around as a couple or as a family. And I would also just encourage you to think about some of the downtime, uh, to think about what you can do to connect with God. Right? If you haven't had a consistent devotional time, um, just to get up a few minutes early, um, and, and do that because most of us will downshift after Christmas uh, a little bit, and you'll have some time. And don't don't waste don't waste that time catching up on you know all of your um, your TV watching or uh, things like that. Build some time in there 
uh, for God. Okay, so that'd be the first one to have a plan uh, spiritually. All right, and so have a plan for your spouse. And so we all in this room know that the spouse often gets the brunt of our frustration and the end of the holidays, and we've eaten too much and not getting enough sleep and traveled too much, and the spouse kind of sometimes gets the short end of that stick. And so just have a plan for your spouse. One thing, real practically, I would say if you could go home tonight and look out and pick one day in December that you and your spouse, if y'all are at a place to do that, you can go out and have a date night. Because we will... You know, we'll look back many years and we're like, it's the 31st and we were with the kids 24-7 and we did not have any time alone. So if you could get a date night, maybe it's in the house, put the kids down, or if you can get out, but just have a date night would be a real practical thing. And then just, I would just encourage you just to have each other's back. You know, you are going to be in lots of different situations, social with extended family. We'll talk about that in a minute, but just to have each other's back. Commit Philippians 2 to memory, just the first part where it talks about Philippians 2, 3 and 4. Um, look to others' interests as more important than your own. So try to outserve each other, um, and that'll go a long way with how you love your spouse through the holidays. Okay. Next one is uh, have a plan for your extended family. And I would just suggest you have a conversation at the very latest on the way over to you know the in-laws or the extended family, right? That'd be the latest. I'd do it before then, right? And so just, you know, it can be as simple as like, how has this gone wrong in the past? Like, what, what, have we, uh, what, you know, what do we wish we had known uh, previously? Let's don't repeat those mistakes. Or what, how can I serve you? How can I love you? How can I make this a blessing for you for both sides, right? And especially when you go into your parents' home, and you really have got to protect and serve and uh, include your spouse, right? Whatever that is. For some of us, there's different levels of toxicity um, in, in the homes, right? Uh, and you want, you, want, uh, you want your spouse to feel like you love them and cared for them. Uh, and they were a priority, not to the exclusion of anybody else, um, but you just want to make sure you have that conversation. And so what, what goes poorly? And it was interesting, like several years ago, we realized at my house, and we just sat down and watched sports. And that's all we did, you know. And I would just kind of uh, grunt at Pam, and she'd bring me food and drink, you know. That's just what I did. That's what we did in the holidays in my house, you know. And tur- turns out that wasn't real fun to her, you know. Um, <clears throat> I thought it was great. I love, I love holidays in my house. Um, and so we just had a conversation. It's great, great. That's one of the ways I connect with my, my dad when he was alive. And, uh, but what can we do to make, the, make this a win for you? And just have those conversations. And then protect your spouse. Don't let any sideways, bizarre, passive-aggressive garbage go on, right? You, you, protect, uh, you protect them. And I'll look for ways to honor. Um, so this is, okay, I'm talking not scripture, but one of the trends we're noticing with younger families is... Um, they just, they just go, well, we're, we're married now, and if you want to come see us the holidays, you know where we are. You want to see your grandkids? Drive on down, buddy, because we ain't leaving. And uh, it would be too stressful or too hard uh, for us. And so, again, this is just, it's just me. Like, I don't, I'm not going to put it on you to honor your parents by you know, driving halfway across the U.S. But I, I will, I will let, me put the, let me put this idea out there. Your kids are taking... Uh, cues from you and both how you honor and prioritize your extended family. And so it's just real simply, would, would you be encouraged if they were as honoring to you as you are to your parents? Okay. Um, and as probably enough of, uh, um, of a topic to think about and will, will your parents drive you nuts? Absolutely. Are there some things you need to talk about, you know, that aren't okay that grandma said or did or whatever? Yeah. Okay. But you can still honor them. And, uh, and I think some of us are going to be surprised when our kids uh, are dishonoring to us outside of the house uh, when they leave, when we're not paying for things. And uh, we'll be partly to blame 
for that. Okay, so train them up, model uh, what that looks like. Some of us will get a chance to share the gospel with our with our family. Take advantage of that. Some of us there's need to be some healing and some kind of um, you know just some repair work that's done. If you want a bonus question, like if you think that you uh, if you if like if you got some real fortitude on after you leave um, your your parents' house, ask your spouse. What is it about your parents that drove them crazy and how you do that uh, the same? Because right? they'll, have, they'll have these blinding insights like, you do that, that's where you got that, right? So they'll know it. You can, just, you can decide if you want to ask them uh, or not. Okay? But it takes some guts. It takes some Again, guts. refer to the conflict resolution yeah, communication right. yeah, chapter right. when you do that. Yeah, don't call yeah. me during the holidays if it goes bad. Call your leaders. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. There you go. Good. Um, okay, so the fourth thing is just kids. Obviously, Christmas is... Um, very kid-centered. And, and there's such a great, sweet part of that because it is about children. It is, as John talked about, God just giving us his most precious gift. And so we do want to love our kids. We want to give them things. Um, we want to have fun with them. And so just have a plan for that. And so just it doesn't have to be costly. Um, it can just be creative. And so just thinking about um, what would really you know, bless your kids that may be creative. Oftentimes, it is more about the creativity in the um, just the experience than it is the gift. Now, sometimes there are these big gifts that are really memorable and fun, but more than anything, for us, it seemed like that it is the experience and just the fun we've had. And so just having having a plan with that. We, oftentimes, John is um, kind of off the last week in December, and so we kind of store up some Groupons and find some fun things to do around Dallas and just have a fun time um, there with Dad. And so just having fun is not unspiritual at all, and so just having a plan for that. Yeah, so it's a great time for you to go peel off your kids one-on-one, mm-hmm. right, and go have a daddy-daughter date, mom, mom-son uh, date. Go do something that would be fun to them. Go some places to, to eat or whatever that you, you, they're always saying, hey, Dad, could we go here? I'm like, man, I bet we could sometime, and you're, you're perpetually putting it off. Think about those, right, and go, uh, go do those. And don't just sit there and waste the gift of time with your kids because you've got about 7,000 days with your kids when they're in the home. And that's it, right? You will, you will have, you have one less tonight when you hop in bed. And you'll have one less tomorrow. And you've got 18 Christmases and 18 summers with your kids. And that's it, right? The same number with your grandkids when they're under their kid's house. Don't, don't waste them. Have a plan. And I'll just, I forget, God, I'm like a mad scientist. And so I just have a little Evernote file. And I just, uh, on my phone, and I'll just write stuff. I go, that'd be fun to do. I'll forget it if I don't write it down. And I just write it, write it down. Um, but maximize that time. Okay, dads lead out uh, in that. Yeah, I take pictures of things as we're walking around. And Emmy's like, is that one of those pictures that you're going to take and not ever do anything with? So, <laughs> nice. I mean, yeah. Sassy kid. Yeah, yeah. Not for you. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Other three kids, but not you. Yeah. You, um, so uh, have a plan uh, just for your money, okay? And this is an expectation thing, right? So the guy sold something big in the summer, and she's thinking, man, this is going to be the best Christmas ever. And he's thought, well, I haven't sold anything since. We really better uh, tighten it down. And so that's a conversation you need to have. And just set a budget and just work it, right? Work within that and be creative. And don't get caught up in, you know, our kids need X. And uh, it was really interesting. We were looking back at some home videos um, a couple weeks ago or during, during Thanksgiving. And there was a Christmas specifically when money was like, uh, we had like less than zero money, you know, if you know, if you know what I mean. Um, and I think like all, all in, we spent less than $100 on the six of us for Christmas, le- like less than that. And so we had gotten, like I had a, a friend who 
a long story. It's almost like he's a hoarder, and he, and, uh, and he said, hey, you can come over. I'm going to get rid of some stuff, and I, I got different things, and I racked them up and put them under the tree, and I was watching the video. I remember that. I remember how sad I was as a dad for not, like, blowing it out. And our kids were so happy, right? They didn't know the backstory, and they were laughing and, and being together, and it didn't matter what I got them. And I asked our kids last week, I said, hey, what do you remember from last Christmas that you got? that you're still excited about and that you're still using? Crickets. Crickets. Now, at the time, I go, I was giving them stuff like, this. Will, oh, they'll love this. And they did. You know, some of the stuff they're still wearing, but it hadn't affected their life materially. So don't get caught up in that. And some of us could even ratchet down a little bit. Right? We've got plans for, you know, a 120-inch TV. Uh, I don't, know, do they make, I don't know. I don't know if they make it that big. Yeah. Some of you are going to find out because you want to buy one right now. Uh, now. Um, <clears throat> turns out you can actually see stuff on a sixty-inch, right? Uh, and you could you could go to your family as a couple or kids and say, you know what, we saved we saved some money, and let's figure out a way to bless other people and give it. Um, and so some ideas, World Vision. They've got this really cool catalog, like where you can just pick stuff out. Right? You can send a goat like to a family in Kenya, and you can give you know whatever a chicken to some some family in Ecuador, and the kids can just kind of go through there and give. You can sponsor a kid this year and put them on there. Just think about ways that you could take some of that money and not just buy plastic junk that's going to get discarded. Okay, and I think there's a place as Christians to give thoughtful gifts that mean something. I'm not I'm not against that. I think it's actually a fun part of Christmas. I love giving gifts, but just don't get caught up in it and have a plan uh, for your money. Okay. Um, so, uh, just just last, um, somewhere in your whole holiday experience, it's going to come off the rails. Right? Have a plan for when conflict happens because it will. Right? It happens every year for us. I remember two years, three, four years ago, we were driving back, and Pam and I were at each other, and we just said, "Hey, listen, like." We're going to be Christian here. <laughs> Remember, we're Christians. We can't do this, you know. Or you heard Matt and Amy say last, last week, we're going to look each other in the eye and say, I love you more than this. Right? What, what's your plan? Um, because it's going to happen. Like, I don't know. I, just, I've been, I was envisioning this, like, you know, being there with my parents and we're unwrapping something. And my kid, I've got one kid that I know this will probably happen. Something like this will happen. He'll open it and he'll go, this is the wrong one. Right? And I'll, I'll look at Pam and I'll give her, I'll raise, raise my eyebrows, which at our family, like raising eyebrows is so pregnant with meaning, you know. In that moment, I'll go, I told you that was, the, and I'm with my eyebrow raised, that was the wrong one, we, we, you know. And she'll give her eyebrow raised back at me and go, we agreed on this. You, this is actually your idea. And I'll look at my kid and I'll raise my eyebrows and I'll go, like, you unselfish little, you know, <laughs> sucker. And he's going to look at Pam and raise his eyebrows like, hey, dad's a jerk. And mom's going to raise her eyebrows back at me and go, you are a jerk, you know. So... <clears throat> So in that moment, right, something like that, it will happen, right? What are you going to do? And man, in those moments, you remember that you, um, you're a Christian. And John 15, 5 says that we are supposed to be connected with Christ in a way that the very things of God actually kind of come out of us, right? They come out of us. And so in that moment, when your bratty little, you know, self-absorbed 12-year-old says it's the wrong one, What's Jesus' response? Well, it probably isn't to fly off the handle and get angry. You can actually have a teachable moment with them, right? But not make it so much about you. Because if I go off, it's just about me. It's about me, right? 
Jesus, what would you do if you were here? How could, I, how could I show that I love you by obeying you here? How could I put their needs, their desires uh, before my own? Because it will go wrong at some point. And I'd love it if we got back together in January and go, yep, here's a funny story about what happened. It was a lot like the one you talked about. But unlike years past, I think we really did honor Christ. We honored Christ in this deal. And uh, it was a win. And... Um, I hope that's the case. And you can. You've got the spirit of God in you. You don't have to be a victim. Right? You don't have to be carried along um, as, as a passive participant. Right? You're an adult and you're a Christian. Have a plan. Drive this thing. Uh, align expectations and love uh, and serve each other. Okay? Have a great holiday.